Abed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, old man Grognard here. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well, of course. And today, I didn't have much of a topic, so I decided to answer an email. I'm going to answer an email from Scott Geating because he gives me some food for thought a bit, or at least I can answer his questions. He says, Hi, Glenn. been listening to the show for a few months now and had a couple of questions. I'm not super comfy with having this read out loud word for word, though, if that's okay. That's why I didn't do a voice message. Guess I'm not quite at that stage of online sharing yet. But that's all right. That's all right. I can, I can read this out loud for you. <laughs> no problem there. Anyway, one, I've heard you mention Bluffside a few times. I didn't do a deep dive into the past episodes prior to when I started listening, but I do play Castles and Crusades. That's the closest I get to any OSR-style gaming. Good choice, by the way. And own the CNC edition. Not sure if you use the D20 version or not, but was curious as to what about Bluffside in particular draws you to it that would, from my understanding, use it in pretty much every campaign you run. For that matter, when it comes to published city slash urban settings, what features do you want to see? Like CNC-wise, how does Bluffside compare with a campaign or features of something like Calais or Escadea, the only other two CNC city settings I can think of. Well, first of all, I'm not familiar with the, those other two, but I am familiar with Bluffside. That's because you mentioned the D20 version. I do have the D20 version. In fact, that's the first time I saw it was during the 335 era when it was published by Thunderhead Games, I think. And and the Troll Lords got the license for CNC afterwards. I was so thrilled to see that too. And I I, I don't know. It was dur- it was during the D that came out during the D20 boom when a lot of third party D20 stuff came out for third edition. And I read it and I was totally enchanted with it. I like it's quirky it came up with some new stuff that I never thought of. I like the idea of a coastal city with an elevator. <laughs> I know that sounds strange. Also, the background story and everything, having a tower that nobody knows about is kind of interesting. Having kind of a kind of a rough sub-city down below where the ships anchor before they go up on the elevator. Having this, this screw elevator that that the demi-humans invented was like great. Also, I loved the, I loved the new classes. They the I guess they they were kits that they gave you, which they converted to classes in Castles and Crusades. Especially the I can't remember what the Hawkmen were named and the Steam Gnomes. I absolutely loved the Steam Gnomes, and the fact that you have dungeons under the city too. Not just the sewers, but the city. And the way it's divided just gave it all kinds of personality. I just I just loved the way it worked. And it gave me so many good ideas. That's why I like Bluffside so much. I think it's probably one of the best 
independent, you know, as as opposed to attached to a campaign world, cities that I've ever seen. I'm not saying I use it in everything I I do because I run a lot of I run I do run campaign worlds that are not mine. I've run the realms. I'm doing the Midlands and other things like that. But if I'm going to plug in a city, that's the city I'm going to plug it in. I plug it into my world, and it works great. And it even gives you a whole like valley outside of Bluff Side. They don't flesh, and they don't flesh everything out, which is what I think of as a hallmark of a good city supplement or any kind of supplement like that, or world supplement. They give you just enough to go, and then let you develop the rest of it. I know the realms got kind of overdeveloped, but I'm kind of fond of that because I I started doing that at the end of first edition and into second edition. So anyway, that's why I like Bluff Side. I just think it's a great it's it's a great it's a great city to put in any campaign world. Now, second two, I keep hearing you and a few other podcasters mention Mouth of Doom from Rapanathuk. Now, I keep hearing that you say how you like to have the stories be created from the gameplay, but for the life of me, every time I skim Mouth of Doom, or any part of Rapanathuk for that matter, all I see is hack and slash murder hoboing. Do you have some favorite stories of Mouth of Doom, or what is the attraction to starting campaigns there? Thanks, Glenn, Scott, a.k.a. Talon. Well, thank you, Scott, for the email. The Mouth of Doom, I like it because it's kind of a blank slate. I don't really have any memories for from it. I use it for demos of Swords and Wizardry Light. And the nice thing I like about, well, I've already stated that it's a blank slate. It's a blank slate, so you can do anything with it. I've seen people change it around, turn it into other things, change out the traps. It's very customizable. The one guy that's stuck in there, I've seen change to a demon. I've seen change to a celestial or something like that, or some some kind of weird wraith uh, or some or some beaten up monster or something. I've seen some weird stuff come out of that. Come out of that. And they use Mouth of Doom. Frog God uses Mouth of Doom as demos too, usually at conventions. And they they use it just to get people here. Sword. This is Swords and Wizard Light, or just Swords and Wizardry for that matter, or any OSR game. Not only is it modular that way, but it's modular within the framework of Rapanathuk. Yes, there's a lot of murder hoboing, but that's a mega dungeon. They're to me, with Mega Dungeons, it's I'm, I've already ha- always had a problem with Mega Dungeons, but if I can break off a piece like Mouth of Doom and use it to my own ends, I've used it in my world before. When somebody wants to play D and D and I need a quick dungeon, I'll just do Mouth of Doom because it's easy to th- and I can convert it on. I can, not convert it, but I mean I can change it on the fly if I have to. I've changed it into an all. I have a. There's one scenario I use it for. I call it the Mouth of Icy Doom because it's some. It's a dungeon that the characters may find when they're they're out they're out hunting a yeti. I had it where place take place in a like a northern climate with snow and stuff, and they're out and hunt for a yeti, and they stumble upon the Mouth of Doom, and I just changed everything over. I think I. Uh, I put a remoras in there and all this other stuff that I could just swap out. So I like it. I like it because I I feel that that mega dungeon 
especially about the doom is very customizable for something i need to like oh oh you want me to play you want me to run dd okay i got it right here i just keep i uh, see i have the book i have the the print book but i've also got it on pdf so i just print out those seven pages and i just stick them in my bag because i know that i know the dungeon well enough where i can do stuff on the fly or if i just want to sit out for like an hour and change stuff stuff around i can do that and frog god has tons of monster books that i can have access to and any other edition has a ton of monster books I, you put anything in there you can change any trap it's just so very simple for me to do that and to me once again like like bluffside a supplement that's the hallmark of a good mega dungeon can you take it apart and put it back together again your own way so that's why i like it it's very easy it's one and done okay i hope i answered your question <laughs> the questions and thanks for the email i really appreciate it well i'm gonna go start my day folks i'm just gonna leave it at a couple at an email there so if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything you can get hold of me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com or you can drop me a voicemail on anchor and we are also monetized now so as little as 99 cents a month you too can help support this program and i would appreciate it thank you to my Supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Mark, and Juan Carlos. Don't forget Mark C. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.